I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of All by the Popcorn. I'm Emily. And I'm Alessandra. And today we have a very special guest, Alessandro's brother, Paolo. Hi, everybody. Excited to you be might, here. Yes, you might recall Paolo's voice from, um, he was in our La La Land podcast. Way back. Um, and he was going to be in way The back. Last Jedi, but then he wasn't. I, I felt That's, too strongly about The Last Jedi. And, uh, really? I don't think I could. I don't think I could participate. Well, it's a good I thing you feel been... strongly about this one, but in like a positive way. Mm-hmm. That's right, I haven't said yet, but today we're talking about Solo, a Star Wars story that just came out um, last week. Yeah, which was great. Yes. I really enjoyed it. I did too. I thought it was lovely. I think the beginning had kind of a rocky start. Yeah, agreed. I think uh, after the first about ten minutes of the movie, I was pretty... I was won over so quickly, though. I mean, as soon as we got... I mean, we're getting into the specifics now. Do you guys want to start, like, with any specific things? You know, sometimes we start with, like, what we expected it to be and what what it ended up being based on our expectations. Ah, Okay, well, why don't you guys? Emily, what did you think it was going to be like? Um, well, let's see. What did I... I'm so bad at answering this question. I feel like I answer it, like, not wrong, but just not the way I'm supposed to. Um... (laughs) Initial thoughts. Well, the the only thing I know about Han Solo's story is that he did go to an academy of some kind. I think the books that I have talk about him going not into not into the Imperial Fleet Academy or whatever, you know, pilot, whatever. Pilot um, school. But, yeah, not going into pilot school. I think the books that I have talk about him possibly becoming a Jedi and then getting kicked out of that. Um, hmm. But those aren't part of the canon. That's like the old that's, stuff. That's probably true. Um, so I, I was definitely hoping for, you know, him to... I, I would have liked to see... Sorry, I, I, don't, I don't know how to answer this question. I don't really know what I was expecting. I knew that he should have dropped out of something. I would have liked to have seen that. Like him actually... I don't know, maybe him being in school? I kind of would have liked to see that. Um, mm-hmm. Which that didn't happen. Um, but I'm actually, I actually am really surprised and excited of like the turn of events that did happen because throughout the movie, I did kind, I feel like I did kind of expect more, but then I feel like by the end, it really tied it together for me. Um, and I'll explain more about that later, but, um, yeah, definitely a little unexpected of what happened, but I think it did kind of, it did kind of tie it all in at the end. I think my initial thoughts were like, I knew it was going to be an adventure story and some kind of heist story, because that's really mm-hmm. all the trailers have brought in. Mm-hmm. But I honestly was trying actively not to see a lot for this movie and like formulate what I thought was going to happen because I think uh, I th- I just wanted to be more surprised. Mm-hmm. And it did surprise me in some ways, especially how much it led into the prequel, like all the not the prequels, like four, five, and six, basically. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of throwing me off that he, like, started to work for Jabba, like, right at the end of the movie. I don't I don't think he should have done that. I think he should have more some adventures and stuff. Yeah, that's what I would have liked. Uh, not to just... Uh, that's yeah. fair. I don't know. I feel like they, they that would have been irresponsible on their part not to tie it as much as they could to those original trilogies. I mean, that was what yeah. the character's from. Of course they're going to have him go right back to what he started and the Jabba stuff. Well, it really was like an origin I mean, story. But the him. other thing is, too, they left it open enough, I think, where there is still a lot of room for something to happen, which I think we'll get to uh, later on in this. I, You know what I didn't like about a lot of the idea of this movie was that they were holding your hand through a lot of things. Like, 
like, even from the very start, their dialogue was very, like, well, you, you got something that's going to be able to buy us something to get off this planet. And it was just, it didn't seem like it was very natural dialogue, like, a lot of the time. Hmm. I would also disagree. I think the latter half of the movie is very well written. The latter half is better than the... I mean, yeah, I think they took them a little bit to get to get their foot in the door. But I think you're right, yeah. I think that I think beginning they held section your hand was rough. Through all of the things that they were doing. I mean, yeah, it was just like, like... Star Wars holds your hand a lot. Yeah. That's like a... I mean, watch the prequels. It's all like... Look at Anakin's turn to the dark side. Yeah. I don't know. Very well, yeah, I, I definitely feel like with movies like this, they do have to handhold because even with the original trilogy, like you're you're completely world building with something that people are not really aware of. Like it's it's just you're in it and you need to figure out what's happening before the end of the movie. So mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like handholding is definitely a given, especially coming from where where this movie came from. Like with all the with all the new Star Wars movies coming out, they do kind of have a structure that they can kind of work with now, where I feel like with Han, there are lots of theories of what could have happened with him in the past and, you know, his whole origin story and, you know, culture, like, however he grew up. There are lots of theories and stuff back there for that time that, I mean, I don't know how much of it is canon, but mm-hmm. I feel like they really did kind of start from nothing again for yeah. Han. So definitely a lot of hand-holding is, I feel like it's um, expected to me at least. I would also, I mean, to go into my expectations, I was definitely actually thinking this was going to be very loosely connected to Star Wars, like the original trilogy. I thought they were going to... It was Because I had been hearing so much about how this was a heist film, that this was not your typical Star Wars film, that it wasn't Mm going to be about this kind of like rogue one it wasn't going to be yeah, about this which like, is about big the empire thing. it was just about like maybe this one job which i definitely that was what i got i mean yeah, we yeah. did get this a little bit more isolated but i thought that there was like enough tying into the original and i mean we got a really cool tie to the prequels that i know i was <laughs> super excited about seeing a uh, spoiler i mean we can obviously we can i can just say it. seeing yeah. darth maul was like Awesome. It was so it was really cool. great. I completely was not expecting it. I'm really excited that they have decided to keep him alive and also decided to keep Kira alive. Yeah, I thought really who, thought she was going to die. I mean, also going back to my expectations, dude, I was expecting to get a lot more out of Amelia Clark. Mm-hmm. But I felt like they, you know, they underwrote her character. I think it's okay, though, because there's enough mystery around her. You know, that crazy action sequence we got in the end with her being a badass. That's great. Yeah. So it's like, maybe there's going to be a little bit more in, in another movie with and I, her and yeah. Darth Maul. I guess we could talk about her character. Emily, what, what did you think about her? Like, did you think she was fleshed out enough? Or um, Let's see. I definitely, at first, didn't believe her and Han's relationship I I th- I thought she was very fake from the beginning like with her mm-hmm. I, I felt that Han loved her but I did not feel like she loved him back like ever yeah. since the beginning um, so I don't know if that was intentional or if, if, if they had really written her to kind of make you believe that she loved him and then to like kind of backstab him at the end because there was a lot of backstabbing in this movie there was um mm-hmm. Um, which is which is expected when it comes to a heist film. And back to what Paulo said about it being, um, I actually didn't know that this was really not going to be like any other Star Star Wars film. So that was actually surprising to hear because I thought there was going to be more tie-in, and I and that was what didn't happen. So I, th- I was kind of hmm. thrown off by that. Yeah. But but I have been liking that Star Wars does that. Like I kind of felt like they had a more focused, small story for Last Jedi, and that's what I had enjoyed about that, was that they took this just minuscule couple of hours within, and then talked about that, like, extensively. So even though this spanned, like, you know, three years, three plus years, whatever, um, it still felt very focal. Um, But anyway, back, back to Kira. Again, I did not believe her from the beginning. She felt off to me from the very beginning, so I, I don't know if I expected her to be, you know, 
uh, like a backstabber or like, you know, a, to, to go behind Han's back at the end. I didn't really expect that, but I do mm-hmm. like that she did that. I would, I would like to see her as a, being a double agent or even just being a dark side baddie. I would actually kind of enjoy that because, you know, you see her, I, I feel like I'm definitely typecasting, um, <laughs> Uh, her into this because she's so freaking awesome as Khaleesi so I would yeah. love to see her yeah. as like a badass in this because that's just what I'm used to seeing her in because she felt very weird to me in that one movie she was in with uh, Sam Claflin I didn't yeah, like her in that like you. she yeah oh, she no. needs to just be yeah. she just right. needs to be badass 24-7 I hate her in anything else so it's, it's just like weird. you're she totally right too. It's, you're totally right though Emily it is a little weird to see her in the first 15 minutes of this film yeah. because we're thrust into like a lovey-dovey Amelia Clark oh, which totally. we don't ever see I no, feel like she's never like, like no of course that. she's a never. young actress I think that like obviously that's going to be the tougher parts for her but I thought that like or the rest of her performance, given what she was written yeah. for the rest of the film was fantastic I mean she really has such a way with words mm-hmm. and she's know? got yeah. such a good her- look of knowing something more than you know Mm-hmm. And knowing something more than she's Han like, knows. She acts wise behind her, beyond her years. She definitely does, which is why she works as a queen. Um, and now works as somebody who knows a little bit more. Who's part of this crime syndicate. You know. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I feel like Han is naive in his own way, too. Because it wasn't really a story about his like journey he didn't really become somebody new in this movie he he was like the same person throughout the whole thing i don't know if i'd agree with that either well what how did he grow i don't think his change was big but i think that like because he grows in the star wars trilogy that he's in yeah and that's that's the where i think we didn't get i don't think we get to see him turn into full cynic because i think there's still more to his story i mean i think is but I think also the reason that he, like, the change was a lot smaller was it felt like he was just, like, coming into his own. And I think the good guy, bad guy thing mm-hmm. was kind of, like, the heart of that, of, like, you're you're the good guy. And he's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm, no, I'm not. Yeah. And then she leaves, and he's like, oh, maybe I am the She's the guy. bad guy. And hmm. she's the bad guy. I don't know. I think there were pieces there. I agree. Yeah. It wasn't as clear as maybe and as arced as I think it should have been. But I think it was a, it was a fun intro to a young Han Solo that I think has a lot more places to go. And he's like super cocky and adorable. Um, I guess we could talk about Alden Ehrenreich's performance because this guy is like so pretty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. talk about let's talk about <clears throat> well, excuse me. Let's talk about Han next. Um Who wants to start? Well, okay. It was really funny <laughs> because Paul and I were sitting next to each other and at that part where he's on the ship with Woody Harrelson and he goes in down in the very beginning. The very, very beginning. And he's standing like on those rafters outside and the wind is blowing his hair and standing there like looking out into the world or whatever and he's just so beautiful and I turned to Paulo and I'm like wow that guy is so beautiful and Paulo was like wow that guy is so beautiful and then Daniel told Paulo and then, wow like, that guy I was is sitting, so we were beautiful. all just like wow <laughs> you're very pretty <laughs> just in awe in the theater yeah um, I don't know I liked him I like his smile a lot I think actually he smiled a little too much. It felt like a little bit of a cop-out. But I did. I actually really, really liked his performance. I thought he took enough from Harrison Ford and really made a lot his own. And, I mean, he's young, but I felt like he had a maturity to him and he had this confidence and that same cockiness that was pretty infectious. And I I thought he traveled through a lot of the the the, the tougher moments mm-hmm. really really well he felt perfectly belonging with the universe he acted super well with donald glover yeah and, and i mean i felt you like there really was connection between everyone in that room mm-hmm. and i i was really impressed i was actually not expecting such a good performance out of him and such a great ensemble kind of performance too completely in every agree. little ensemble that they were in yeah emily what do you think 
Um, I have to agree with a lot of what you said, Paulo. I do think that it, it was interesting watching him act as, like, you know, baby Han Solo because it... I, I just keep thinking that Harrison plays Han very sternly, but but still funny. Like, he, he's, yeah. he's still very serious. But that could just be because of age. And, you know, you did say... Um, Han is younger here. He's a bit, mm-hmm. he's a bit naive. He's a bit desperate because you know he he joined the the Imperial, you know, pilot whatever, um, like right after thinking that he's lost Kira forever. So he's really he's really acting out of desperation for like these next three years, which shows a lot about how not how little he knows, but really how much more he really needs to learn, and. But but still having fun with it and still being like silly and cocky and and having fun with it. So I think he did a really good job. It was still a little not not off putting, but still a little shocking to see him be so silly when when Harrison would be silly at times, mm-hmm. but he'd still be very serious. So it's just it was just interesting. I I keep I like to compare, so I'm still kind of thinking about trying to see. Because I, I, I'm doing the same thing with Indiana Jones, Alessandra, where like we're seeing yeah. how Indy is turn is turning into Indiana Jones, and exactly. like I'm trying to think of trying to think of how baby Han Solo is turning into older Han Solo. I was and talking so- to somebody about how we are watching this show with also another young Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. and it's just so weird to see them both playing like a character that's so iconic, but also like still Harrison Ford's character. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I, I don't know which is better because they're all they're so different and young Indy is certainly more naive. Like he does Most definitely, know but what I definitely saw I saw on, a so. lot I, I saw a lot of characteristics of young Indy in Han Solo, like when they were in the war field. Like mm-hmm. I was just tying this like when when he like picked out Tobias Beckett as as not being really a part of the Imperial fleet and were there like, you know, um as like just not, to steal stuff you know, or Undercover, yeah, they're there undercover. Like that is totally something baby Indy would do. Like yeah. just hundred percent catch someone. Same yeah. earnestness, so, like same like willingness to join something else and just be gu- you know, so gun ho about that kind of stuff. Um but yeah, he, he acted so much like SPF would act in that same situation. Yeah. I, the 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 real times I I saw Han Solo as Harrison was when whenever he would interact with Chewie. I thought their oh, dynamic yeah. mm-hmm. was beautiful. Like I beautiful. loved when, whenever they were on screen great. together. So great, such a great couple. It's such a great like duo that lasts for another like forty five years. So yeah, well, I, every I, time I, they were together, just felt real. Like it felt felt whole. Yeah, I I think one of the other things that I really liked about not just Aaron Reich but as the movie like with the movie as a whole is that the world of this felt so uncontrolled. And, like, you know, we were thrust into this film being told that it is a lawless time. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think having this sort of gung-ho, very young Indiana kind of thing, that kind of confidence and craziness, I think, was, like, totally a part of how they structured the film, all the worlds that they built, which I don't think were as stunning and as beautiful as, like, Rogue Rogue One. Rogue yeah, yeah. I think Rogue One still, I think built with that Star Wars aesthetic a lot stronger, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that that was a way more visually interesting movie. But this one, I felt like it was it was a little bit more dependent on the actors. It was yeah. more dependent on the Definitely performances. Definitely more story-oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, because even though we did have a lot of space travel, we were still kind of almost seeing the world through new eyes just as Han was seeing, because he... I don't know how long he'd been on Corellia. I'm not sure when he got to Corellia, I would kind of like to have had a bit more backstory on that and like well, how he, he got there. he mentioned his father, so he somehow he ended up on Corellia after that. Well, the other thing is, yeah. too, is that I feel like this the difference between this movie and, and that movie where we really see him, you know, Corellia or him dropping out, like you were saying, Emily, is that I don't think this was meant to be the entire Han Solo origin story. Mm-hmm. I think this was a little bit more of like how Han became Han Solo. Well, yeah. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah, like I mean? his kind like of Like, it wasn't about his childhood. It wasn't about him becoming that, like, 
cocky guy. I think it was just like jumping in with like the part of his life where he decides to be a smuggler. Yeah. You know? And a scoundrel. And a scoundrel. Yeah. Which which that makes sense because I, I I'm not sure how I would have liked the movie if it was just a pure origin story. So I kind of liked that we were kind of just jumped in and kind of had to figure out what was happening and it was um, just so fast. It was yeah. just like it's yeah. very from quick, the go. Very expedient. Yeah. Just the story was going. There's so much going on at all times. I gotta say, to to transition a little bit, you know, I think one of the best parts of this movie was L3. L3 saved the movie. It she wasn't was... even in turmoil and it she was the greatest part. I loved that yeah, little bit can... with her and Kira where she was convinced that Lando, that Lando was in love, love with her. her. I love when she, when she was repairing all the droids and she was setting them all free and yeah. it was like, what do you do now? I don't know. Go free your brothers and sisters or something. Just yeah. give me space. <laughs> she was amazing. Yeah, I, I loved how she was She was very like activist because when you first meet L3 mm-hmm. and, and Lando, really, we can move to Lando after we talk about L3 because um, I, I think L3 will be a nice transition into Lando. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But so we first meet L3 and Lando at a, you know, a bar of some kind where there's droid fighting and mm-hmm. L3 is is at the at the, the cage, cage circle cage you know yelling at the droids to say like you don't have to do this like why like you're yeah. a sentient being like you're better than they are like yeah like fight back you don't have to do this and she's yeah. she's getting yelled at by the cage master like you know, telling her to go away and to go find her master because you know she's just a she's just a droid she doesn't have any thoughts or feelings um and i thought this was really great i'm actually really enjoying in in these new star wars movies how much they're really bringing in droids and how, bringing them to life, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. with, the, with the with the additions because of K two was, was so yeah K two BB eight L three BB eight BB eight is my favorite. Everybody knows this. Um, Just I really like L three. Yeah, seriously, great droids and personalities. Like L three had such a great personality, and she was so great. And she was so great. And, I, and the I, fact that she. She was so activist, but then she kind mm-hmm. of started an uprising with the droids by accident, really. Like, I mean, she she's so for droid, but she was so focused on the plan that she didn't even know that she'd kind of started an uprising. But she also so loves Lando, was... which was very clear. I mean, yeah. like, you're having that conversation about, she's talking to Amelia Clark. <laughs> she's like, Lando's in love with me. It's like, you're the one who's really in love with Lando. Like, it's not. But it can't, it can't work. So <laughs> it can't sometimes work. I think, sometimes I think so. But no, it can't. <laughs> but no, like it was great that that they're finally trying to to expand the politics of this universe yeah, too. She I was mean, the I, feminist I, robot for sure. I was talking to Alessandra a lot recently. I just recently rewatched all the prequels, and I mean, I think they actually did a pretty decent job by like in interjecting a lot more politics and oh, like well, making it a more political, political, more of a political drama. But like. I definitely want them to go further in that direction. I want to understand how these different species are actually living within and within this kind of civilization. And it's so refreshing to have L3 come in and be like, droids rights. Like, I love that. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a great update of, of what George Lucas had kind of envisioned for like this, you know, hierarchical world. Well, I feel like we're going to get more of that when we get that... Um... The John Favreau, uh, the film, the, 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 the TV show, the TV, TV show, yeah, the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard about that. Yeah, which he, John Favreau was also in this movie, um, but we can talk about him later. But um, what I was going to say was, the book that I read, the Princess Leia book, was pretty much all politics. I mean, it was like about what it was like to be her as a senator. Yeah. Before the the years of the Force Awakens and everything like that, so. Oh yeah. You know that's because it's a book, so people have an attention span that's different than if you're going to watch a movie about politics. Even though it's Star Wars, you're reading a book; it's you're going to expect it. But you know, anyways, pulling that away. Um, my favorite lines from L three, I think my favorite line ever was when Lando left her in the pilot seat, and he was like, "Do you need anything?" And she was like, "Equal rights." And she said it's so yes. matter of fact. She said it's so matter of fact. Uh, she was equal like, rights. Um, equal rights? And then he's like, equal mm. rights? <laughs> and he's just like, 
Oh, one one thing I will say about the screenplay is that even though I, I feel like some lines were kind of meant to be campy, they didn't feel really campy to me. They like Agreed. the way that the the way the actors would say them, like you know, with L three saying like equal rights, like it just sounded so genuine. Like yeah. I mean, like a genuine joke, not a campy joke, a genuine like matter of fact equal rights, like just straight yeah. up. <laughs> She's it's because um, the actress Phoebe Waller Bridge is masterful like she is i love her so much i've loved her in um fleabag which she's gotten a lot of uh awards for and stuff and i also saw her in the she's also show in crashing yeah crashing i was looking at her imdb page yeah. and i was like oh i think elson you showed me an episode of crashing did. didn't you where they I all live, that live in that hospital the hospital uh-huh. right yeah where they okay. live in a hospital um yeah she is really great she's um i really recommend watching fleabag Sounds but, awesome. Um, I'm interested. Yeah, so I guess we could talk about Lando, who's also yeah. another extreme highlight of this movie. Yeah, I was hearing a lot that Lando kind of stole the movie, but I didn't think so. I thought he I was just a great. So I thought he was a I great think, addition. I didn't think he was stolen. I think totally he was a agree. great addition. I think they actually could have used him more. I felt yeah. like he was a little bit like there for the center and the heart of the movie, and then he left. Which was like okay. I think like all the things that they did with the character, and mm. I think that like Donald Glover was just such a well needed aspect of the movie. I His mean, like accent was hilarious. It, it just, it just the way he like was so calm and cool and collected, and mm. there was something really like powerful about seeing him in that position. It was really uh, a great performance. I think they could have written him a little bit more. Oh, that's why I think they're going to make a Lando movie. Yeah, I think there's just going to be a little bit more for him. Same with with all of them, with Kira and Solo, and I don't think we're going to be seeing the last of these these center characters. Maybe obviously Tobias Beckett, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> I liked Beckett too, though. Oh, I loved him. I mean, are we talking about him, or do you want to talk about Lando? No, no, no really I'm, I'm not talking about Lando. about Lando yet. Yeah. So, Lovely um, Lando. a few thoughts about Lando. I wanna I wanna kind of reiterate that you know we don't really see a whole bunch of Lando in the original trilogy so I thought that Donald really had a just a lot to play with with Lando here because you know yeah. kind of all you can really pull from from Lando from the original trilogy is that you know he's just he's charming and he can backstab you purely for his own gain so so from then on you could Donald kind of could have just done whatever but I really mm-hmm. liked how he kind of played him up because again Paula you said that he had power but almost like a mocking power too because they yeah. really only needed needed his ship I know that he yeah. was a good smuggler yeah. but he was kind of he was kind of this, just there to make some money but really from him they only needed his ship so he was just kind of along for the ride to make mm-hmm. sure the Millennium Falcon didn't you know go up in flames which it almost which did it but, nearly did many um, times it nearly did but I also um, kind of liked how they made him I don't know his his relationship with L3 was very interesting and mm-hmm. I and you you knew that he you know cared for her and and respected her even though she still like he you know he said that he was her captain he wasn't her master mm-hmm. so it was like definitely a lot of respect there for his droid and but I definitely did feel a lot of love towards her and so it kind of made me think mm-hmm. that especially when she that, died yeah yeah that they kind of made Lando like not only be a charmer to just any alien race, but maybe to any droid race too. Like he can be a charmer to anyone, and maybe he can even be attracted to anything, like anyone. Oh, like he can I, just be. He said that he's kind of like pansexual. Like his character yeah, is just. That's loving totally anything. how I felt. Oh, totally. That's how. It, that's yeah. Like yeah. completely. That that is exactly what I thought after seeing that. I was like, wow, Lando definitely seems like he can love mm-hmm. and be attracted to anyone and anything. So. So I thought that was really cool. And just purely by watching him, I didn't know that that was what he was going for, but he definitely, he made it. Like, he did it. Because yeah. not knowing that information going in, I felt it. Um, and then all of his capes were just amazing. Because again... <laughs> yeah, scene. I mean, again, his he, fashion was the incredible. highlight. One of, one of the highlights of the film. For it's, sure. Both, well, just but, him against Kira and Han... Fantastic costume design. I mean, oh, they yeah. all looked great. Yeah, excellent. And uh, Tammy Newton's outfits too. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she just had that fro, and she was so bummer gorgeous. that she came and went. I like Tandy Newton. I know, man. God, 
I know. I was so sad cool. to see her in the her in the and little, Rio. John yes. Favreau. Rio, I am Rio in this film. Me, Alessandra, and Daniel have deduced that I am Rio in this film. She's fat. You're she's Rio. Oh man, I loved I loved Rio. He was so awesome. Yeah, um, um, I loved his like lines. He just kind of was like, you know what, guys? I think I'm gonna start a bar. Hysterical. Hot place, but not too hot. He was hysterical. That line about like, uh, like you've never have you ever slept. What's the line about the cuddling with a Wookiee? Oh, like cut, cuddle up in a Wookiee's lap? Yeah. You'll you'll have the best sleep of your life or something? Oh, so <laughs> yeah. amazing. It was so sad that he had to die. Well, anyway, do I we want right? to maybe move to, to the incomparable Woody Harrelson, who I think yes. honestly performed, outperformed, I think, everybody in that movie. Oh, my I mean, God. What a great character. Woody Harrelson is also at this point, I mean, you could see it in anything he does. He doesn't do bad acting anymore. He's only good. I would really say, I really like Woody Harrelson. I think he was such a... And, like, you... I I expected so much, like, more, like, fanatical, like, very, like, kind of edgy, like... But... I, I thought it was so subtle. He was such a real person, one of the most realized characters that is that is of this kind of moral, like wishy-washy standpoint. But truly, and I, truly though, his character was there to show a kind of idol or a kind of personage that mm-hmm. Han would eventually become. Yeah, and. You know, Han does become some somewhat like him in a way, especially when it gets older. Until he falls for a princess and ends up kind of tying himself down. But even then, he doesn't, and it's like he's still off doing whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah. And that's why his son goes and ends up being part of the dark side because he's not there. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the things. It, it's just very visual that Rudy Harrelson was oh definitely the person that Han was going to become in the future. I mean, I th- thought it was so interesting, too, because you have all these actors. You've got Amelia Clark, who can s- snap her fingers and, you know, and will follow her command, Khaleesi. And then we've got Donald Glover and Alden Ehrenreich going back and forth with each other. And you got this hysterical L3. And then you got Woody Harrelson. And there's something about him that is still so commanding mm-hmm. and so earnest and so thought out. And I, I really appreciated that. Also, Chewbacca. Great. <laughs> Chewbacca's amazing. Kind of going back to what um, what you guys were both discussing earlier about Han's character. Like, Paulo, you thought Han's character definitely, um, what is it, like, progressed through the movie. Like, you know, Han kind of changed, but Alessandra was saying that he really didn't. It was, it was interesting how they laid that down, because Beckett was a character that was like Alessandra said, like a father figure, a role model, an idol, to kind of teach Han. But I feel like with with the way Alessandra is seeing it, like Han seems pretty smart from the beginning. Like he's got street smarts. He kind of knows what he's doing. So Mm -hmm. by the time Beckett comes along, you kind of think that Beckett really can't teach him much of anything more. I mean, he tries to. He says, like, you know, don't trust anyone. You know, people are predictable, mm-hmm. blah, 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 which, you know, those things foreshadow to stuff coming back in the future. But, like, it's it was just... It's hard to kind of see Han's changing character when he already seems so smart from the beginning. Yeah. Especially with where he came from. So I so I was I was listening to both of you guys talk about it and how you guys That's were had varying true. viewpoints and I was trying to like think about it, but with Beckett, he really is a great character because he he's very stoic, he's very earnest, he's a very great character and a really good not role model, but you know, like an idol for for Han to look up to because of course he wants to be a smuggler like that's his lifelong dream. Um, so it's, that's just interesting that that's kind of how I look at Beckett. Other than that, I know that Beckett was supposed to be kind of like a mentor, but you know, Han didn't really need that. I thought like he, he probably, if anything, Beckett needed to push further that 
Han shouldn't be so trusting because in the beginning, the one the one downfall that Han seems to have is that he is a bit too trusting. He's too yeah. trusting with Kira. He the yeah. only the only person who doesn't backstab him that he trusts almost fully is Chewie. It's Chewbacca. Like, that's the yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That's the only person. And I yeah. and I'm like, really? Like Chewie could have definitely taken this chance to stab him in the back too. But you know, Chewie is just as yeah. kind hearted and 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 you know good as Han is. So that's why they just mesh so well. Because again. That, that's why I think they went with that aspect to make Han seem almost naive, to make him mm-hmm. feel like he needed to learn to not trust people, which, you know, kind of sucks because you Definitely. don't want to have to not, don't want to have to not trust people. But still, there was still something that Han needed to learn. And in this lawless time, you do need to learn to not trust people. And I think that was the one thing he kind of did learn by the end. Um, mm-hmm. Not really anything else. Well, but, Brando's think... the same. He's, he's a loner, he, but he is only his only partner was L3 mm-hmm. and then True. he loses his partner. I mean, I do think that we're just going to, we're going to get another movie. And I think that this arc is going to complete a little bit more. We have to, I mean, there's just still so much. You, I, we really thought Kira was going to die. I thought the story was going to end with her death mm-hmm. and there's the Han Solo that we now know, but I feel like there's, there's a lot more learning that both of these two have to do. Oh yeah. And, you know, I think we're going to see... I mean, I I loved the little bits, too, about Chewbacca being reunited with his family. I mean, like, that was, like, yeah. a moment of, like, oh, my God, like, let's not forget that these people have now been enslaved... Or these Wookiees have now been enslaved. And, like, war is about to happen. And they're, they got to be on the right side. And I don't know. All of the stuff about the rebellion beginning and... But that it's, was great. It's great. With I can't those, wait. I mean, I just feel like there's so much ready to happen in I, this in-between series. I loved seeing the beginnings of the rebellion. And especially when that girl took off her mask and it was like this beautiful woman with like all yeah. these freckles and this, this like gorgeous, gorgeous what was her like Miss Grace lady. She's she a young actress. so pretty. Oh, Erin Kellyman. That's that's the actress. Oh my goodness. Yes. But she was a great I actress. Loved, like, I love that part that just I'm so glad that they didn't end up being pirates so so this is truly I was trying to think about the time period of when this this story happened so really this this is the start of the rebellion like people think that these people are pirates but they're not they're like they're the rebellion mm-hmm. yeah so that's which I really enjoyed that so again at the end I, I talked about this in the beginning that the movie definitely did not feel like a normal Star Wars film but then by the end it really did tie everything together that that you know the the reason that everyone is fighting like does get brought up in the end like why the rebellion started mm-hmm. you know that's a very strong thing to fight for so it's still i like how it's still tied it in at the end uh just because you know you always you always got to have a good tie-in and i thought yeah. this was really great <laughs> yeah i mean joppa was a tie-in and we mm-hmm. had like the rebellion True. and then we had darth maul which was such a shocker you know, bringing yeah. the two the two halves together, the prequels and the, I mean, that's which just... is a little refreshing. I mean, we know the prequels are, you Not know, they great, were what but... they were. They had issues, but I think at least like the canonized story is interesting enough oh, yeah. to 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 start to play with a little bit more. And I really, I'm waiting for an Obi Wan film. Mm-hmm. I think that. There's going to be an Obi-Wan film, and I really want to believe yeah, that Darth Ewan. Maul is going to be in this film, and he's going to be the villain, and I think that Kira is going to be a part of it. I don't know if Han will be, but I don't know. There's there's something yeah. You're so right, ready They're to happen, and I think that. it's going to be Obi-Wan's story, because he is the, Isn't he's there the supposed next... to be... They Go haven't announced finish. anything else. No, they haven't Only announced. The I'm just speculating, series. but... Actually, you know. oh. they actually haven't announced anything past episode nine, except for the TV series. Yeah. And then I there was... Thought... Weren't there rumors s- about, like, a Boba Fett movie? That's like, also, rumors? Oh, just that's as also a rumor as well. Rumor. Um, but then wasn't the, the guys from Game of Thrones going to make a Star Wars show as well? Or Star Wars uh, trilogy? Actually, it's a trilogy. That's what they, they were, were going to make. They wanted their own trilogy. I think that that's what's going to happen. Which would be... Uh... So we got the John Favreau before Force Awakens stuff, uh, which I heard is not really related. It's kind of like in the universe, but not really the Skywalker story at all. Oh, so his John Favreau's 
TV series is going to be before The Force Awakens happens, right after the, the original trilogy? I think so. I mean, the thing that I want to know is what happened... I mean, this is really besides Solo and everything, but, like, I want to know what happened, like, directly after Revenge of the Sith, about how it seemed like everybody was just completely okay with this new regime run clearly by an evil genius, Uh and none of the senators, none of the politicians, nobody that was in government besides the Jedi was like, hey... That's weird. You just completely overthrew the government and now made an empire. They're going to talk about that stuff. I mean, this solo movie took place in that time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's just so much time to fill. There's a very large time expanse that they have. I know they've they've got so much to work with. It'd be really great to to get more of these little stories. Like even if it is just a little heist, like these are really great to see. And this was. This was a really, this was a cute movie. No, I'm not going to say that. It was cute, though. It was cute. The stakes were low. We lost a couple people, but. (laughs) It was, it was a lot of fun. My my mom likes Han Solo, so I'm going to take her to see this movie. Um, And Um, and I'd I'd like to see it again. Um, You know, I would. I would. I definitely want to go see it again. Unfortunately, my movie pass does not allow me unless I pay for it. Uh, I know. We'll have to figure out a way around that. Um, So we got a 63 meta score. Oh yes, not that good, but you know, I would definitely not, good, not, but not give it a sixty-three. I mean, I thought Ron Howard did a pretty good job having to pick up the story from the guys who made the Lego Movie. Agree. Halfway through filming, I also thought Ron Howard made the movie look a little bit like great, like that, like. I feel like he made a lot of really interesting improvements and and made it tonally more interesting. I was very impressed. But I could still see the remnants mm-hmm. of those Lego movies' humor. Yeah. I mean, we realized it was written by um, Lawrence Kasdan and his son, uh, Jonathan. And Wait, I so think... Ron, Ron Howard took over From after Chris Lord, the... uh, or no, 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 Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Yes, yeah, it's confusing. Who, who makes the Lego movie? <laughs> yeah. The Lego movies. Interesting. Interesting. But they got fired. But Captain they only Kennedy were going to direct it. I don't think they had that much of an input over the script. I mean, they, they had Maybe an they input. did. I don't know. You never know. These I think movies it, get it, rewritten it, 60 times. Yeah. I mean, Rogue One, we saw, had many, many fucking changes. And then yeah. it ended up being a pretty cohesive story. Oh, most definitely. It, it turned out amazingly well. I'm, I'm surprised that it that it survived through all that. <laughs> through all yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, but no, it it's turned amazing. out really well. Like the same thing with this one. I mean, yeah, there were definitely a lot of questions. So I'm, I'm hoping this isn't the end because if, if this was going to be a pun intended solo movie, um, I, I, I would have definitely expected more from it. Like if, like you know, story wise, you I know, just gotta, kinda, I gotta give it to you. Thank you, plan. thank you. I'm kind of regretting it, um, <laughs> but. But if there's going to be more, that's great. Just fill in, fill in my questions later. I don't, I don't care. Because by itself, this was a really, a really cool movie and a really interesting take. Because again, the the movie did not feel like Star Wars. It felt almost I don't, I don't, I can't think of another word to say it. But like antique, it felt, it felt old. Like yeah, I'm not an, not like well, old, but like it must have been the you themes. Know, I feel like yeah, well, like, like also... Wonder Woman. It, it felt like Wonder Woman. Like they, they took this, they took this mm-hmm. fantastical story and stuck it in the past. Where well, this... they definitely one of the things that like uh, my friend Daniel was also really talking about and remarking is that how aesthetically united this film was and like and really making it, really it kind of like a, it felt like a period piece, like a seventies movie. Yes, like the seventies. Yeah, I think they could have maybe leaned a little bit heavier into that because, like, yeah, we got, like, those costumes. But, but... Lando's was all 70s. I know, but I was I was waiting for a little bit more yeah. in that direction. I, could, I think it could have been stylized even the more. The set I thought design they could have built... of the Millennium Falcon is so 70s. Yes. I mean, the Millennium Falcon is, of course, from the 70s. It's amazing. So... Everything is, <laughs> yeah. which is why it works so well. Yeah. But, yeah. It's good. Um, any of the... Um... 63 metascores that stick out to you, Emily? Let me see. Well, we can we can read the 55 one. Let's see. Consequences uh, from, sound really like this one. 
Hello, would from you like the to rap. read one of these? Emily's oh. going to sing this, but... What? Emily, you'll read the 55 one, but I'll have Paul okay. read one of these, because he... I, yeah, he find, find, one, find one you want to read. I'm going to read the 55 one right now. So, from the rap, Alonzo says... Um, while the movie ends in a way that's clearly designed to prompt further sequels, we don't get that prequel X factor that makes us interested in a character arc whose outcome we already know. Better Call Saul knows how to do this. Solo doesn't. Huh. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure that reference because I haven't watched Better Call Saul. But I'm well, guessing it takes place. Before it's a prequel. It's, that's Bad. the Breaking Bad prequel. So yeah. like, yeah, that makes oh, sense. Oh, is that what that is? Better mm-hmm. Call Saul. Yeah. It's but it's not. It's not the main character. It's the guy the uh, Saul Goodman, who's is Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Who's great? Yeah, yeah. I've never oh. watched Better Call Saul, but apparently mom it's and dad watch Better Call Saul. Yeah. Well, dang, that's interesting. I didn't know that it was a, It was tied to Breaking Bad. I still need to watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, you do. It's good. Yeah, yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, who wants to read the next one? Uh, Should I read... Which one should I read? Just Whatever, anyone you want. Well, I guess I'll read the best one. I mean, I like Consequence of Sound, I guess. Whether we follow Han Solo through hyperspace for more adventures is up to Disney. But what we got here is enough to keep us coming back again and again. That's the best kind of Star Wars movie. Oh, there that's you nice. go. Thanks, that's Michael. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. That was nice. All right, Alessandro, what are you? I would like to read this one from the Chicago Tribune because it's about mm-hmm. Alden. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The 75. It says, Alden Ehrenreich resembles a young, somewhat graver Robert Wagner, though he's a better actor than the young Robert Wagner was. Ehrenreich's contained, methodical brand of swagger matches up pretty well with the Han Solo we know from the 77 to 83 Harrison Ford edition. I would agree. That's nice. I think he's a huge, strong point of this movie. And I feel like a lot of people were not expecting that. And Harrison Ford fully thinks that mm-hmm. this guy stepped into his shoes perfectly. Yeah. And it's wonderful to hear the grumpiest person in the world, Harrison Ford, say that. I mean, can you imagine if we got Ansel Elgort instead of this guy? I oh. would have been so mad. Me too. Oh, he was in the running for this? It was, yeah. No, the the top three, I read, the top three were Alden Ehrenreich and Jack Rayner, who, which, I don't think that would be good. And then, who was the third one? I'm trying to remember. It was, uh... Ah, let's look it up. I was gonna look up. So, they had so many people in line for this. It was like... Solo was just like, any white guy... For him, any any girl for for Kira. Well, it they were considering a lot of women of color, but then they chose Amelia Clark. But uh, it was like Tessa Thompson, mm-hmm. it's Joey Kravitz. Those were all like the in the top few for for Kira. Yeah, for yeah. Kira. Um, oh, oh Taron Edgerton was was which oh, no, no, I would prefer no. him to See, Ansel Elgort. Just, okay, Emily and I just reviewed. Uh, in our recent yeah. trailer breakdown of Robin Hood. Oh, is he playing Robin Hood? Uh, why don't you keep that on there? You can read some of the other people. Um, but, yeah, he's not... We like him a lot, but I think... We need... I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we just don't have enough movies with Taron in them yet to really make a decision of what we think about him as an actor. Because, mm-hmm. again, like Kingsman, Kingsman was a super fun, action-packed, awesome, kick-ass movie. And Taron was really great just being a badass spy. But, like... I would need to see more from him before just yeah. dropping him into Han, to I mean, Han Solo's he, shoes. Cause that's does just, he have the chops? That's, like, that's the does big he? question. Does I mean, he? Yeah. We, I don't, don't, I don't think so. I personally but, don't think so. Judging by that Robin Hood trailer, no. But I was, but I was, th- I was saying about Alden, who was recently, his, I guess his biggest film up to date is the recent Coen Brothers. Yeah, movie. Hail Caesar. Um, but I haven't known this guy since 2009 when he was in a Francis Ford Coppola movie called Tetro, which was not a very good movie. But I said to myself, this guy is the main character of a Francis Ford Coppola movie. Like, he's gonna go somewhere. Something's gonna happen to him. And guess what happens? He becomes Han Solo. Like, that is the biggest role. I mean, it's next to Indiana Jones, obviously. Did he Did he do well in, in Tetro, Alice Like, was he? Yeah. He's fine, he's good. but the movie itself is like very flawed. It's kind of, it's in black and white, and it's 
whatever. But still, like, that was, like, his first movie, and he is the lead in a Francis Ford Coppola movie. I mean, I just... Who does that? Oh, I also want to talk about, like, the music in this. Uh, the, the music that really stood out to me was... It was, like, these two intense scenes where there was... Not 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 a not a chorus, but it was no, like a lot it was of people. A choir. It, it was, was like a, it was children's a lot of people choir, singing. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, like what? children. Hollow literally was... just brought up the music when you just said that you wanted to talk about the music. I also did not like the music in this movie. I thought that was one of the biggest flaws. I mean, like, yeah, the music was a little <sighs> off-putting. Not that I yeah. don't find children singing, you know, beautiful. Um, no, it just didn't I fit thought, in the world. I thought it was. I thought it, it was a little like Star Wars out of place. Had played the actual Star Wars theme, like when they were with the. In the Millennium Falcon, like, flying through that crazy Kraken monster. Yeah, which which felt which felt almost kind of Star Trek-y. Like, uh, when they were... What was it? What was that? Where, where they had to drop the canisters into the black hole to, like, escape. Felt... Um, also, also <laughs> what felt kind of... What also kind of felt kind of trek to me was when they were... Again, like, I, I liked this part of, of uh, Last Jedi, where they talked... They talked a little tech, like when they were, yeah. you know, fixing fixing up the Millennium Falcon to put yeah. L3's like navigational system I into the ship, that. and like and like talking about bypassing shot. shit. Yeah, very Lawrence yeah. Kasdan too. You know, I mean, you know, he's he, he's such a big part of writing a lot of the technical stuff in the probably. In I the love that. I don't I, I don't know I mean, what you're it's... doing. Don't know what you're talking about, but I like it. Keep I, doing. I it. like that a lot about Star Trek as well. But I also love that shot. Where they stuck that like antimatter stuff or whatever, like directly into the mm-hmm. the engine, I guess. Yeah. And it had it yes. was like it blew up and flew out of the engine. Yeah, it was cool. We have never gotten a shot like that in Star Wars. Oh yeah. Ever. Yeah, and and then and then again with a screenplay, what, what probably would have been like a really campy joke line felt really genuine. Like when when Beckett was like, "Okay, shut up! I'm trying to do this." Like it felt. Like, you know, he was trying to concentrate, so stop yelling at him to yeah. get this done. Like, it felt genuine. Like, the people, I don't know, the people's personalities felt like how, how they reacted to things could be how a real person reacts to things. Yeah. Not not, not like how a character campily reacts. reacts That's why I liked the screenplay to something. Yeah, I thought that yes. the actors were so earnest and did such a great job together as a unit. Especially when we got the main cast together. Almost um, definitely. Like, I, I feel like sometimes that's where some movies run into trouble is when they the ensemble doesn't mesh. But they did yeah. so good. Like, especially with, even with L3 and implementing and putting her into, into the Millennium Falcon and now she's actually a part of the Millennium Falcon. I, I don't know. I, th- I thought that was pretty nice. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was really fitting for her to be a part of the Millennium Falcon because now we can know that whenever we see the Millennium Falcon in the future movie, like, you know, in what stuff that happens later on, we can know that L3 is always there. Um, it it would have been almost cool to have her be like a talking interface so we could still hear her, but, you know. Yeah, I was kind yeah. of wondering why I they didn't that's do fine. that. But that's okay. You know what I just realized? I mean, it, it, it can't because it's not done on the Millennium Falcon, you know. It's, no, it's yeah, not done so. ever. Um, but I just realized <laughs> that the main plot of this movie is derived from one line. Yeah, I know, right? Which is that he makes the Kessel Run and well, the Well, it's just parsecs, like Rogue One. Wasn't Rogue One exactly also? Which is exactly like Rogue One. Yeah. Which is derived from one line, which is that the Rebels have gotten the... The, the Death Star the, plans. The Death Star yeah. plans. And that is the... That is the whole point of the movie. It's the same with Which is movie. great, which is exactly what I would like more from... Star from Wars. Star Wars yeah. movies is just to take take a a meaningful like just super symbolic line and then mm-hmm. just create create something out of it. Like you you said that these two movies, Rogue One and Solo, are made off of one line. Like yes, <laughs> let's like focus down because I I think that's where they're their strongest is when they just take this very small minuscule story and just just over detail it. Like give me all the details you got. Like just yeah. like, open it you still up, have keep to opening make it, it up, give me but... everything. Yeah. And it just comes from some random throwaway line that Lawrence Kasdan and George Lucas, like, just kind of put in there. Yeah. You know? Which is great, because it could really further expand the Star Wars story, and I think that 
that is what Star Wars needs right now. It's just like, you know, more more little random stories to just add to this huge, like, you know, kind of what big they're narrative. doing with with Harry Potter. Like, they're, they're taking mm-hmm. different aspects of a, such a bigger story and just expanding on it and making making something that was once, you know, seem, you know, it, it was, Star Wars was never small, but, you know, taking something and just expanding it to the 10th degree. Yeah. Like, just um, amazing, amazing. Well, I love I what mean, they're Star doing Trek with this. Star Trek does that. In its way, because it yeah, has well, so many with Star Trek, it's and... easy. With Star Trek, it's easy because they don't like. Yes, the, there's like an overarching like model, maybe even a what is it like a like a message. Like Star Trek has a message mm-hmm. to go from. It's very they don't have different. like a they, they don't have a story to go yeah, from. Like they just right. kind of have a moral. They have a message to portray, and then they can just do whatever the fuck they want with it. Like yeah. Just yeah. go from there. Where Star Wars like has a very specific storyline, Harry Potter has a specific storyline. So mm-hmm. like branching off can be difficult because they kind of have stuff to work with, but then they kind of need to Don't. make stuff yeah. up. Yeah. Make it well, canon. Well, like the MCU as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. as well. And, you know, we're seeing so Disney really bank so much on this idea. Which I mean, they is are going so hard. cool. What a time to be alive. I say that all the time. It is true. This, I bet you when George Lucas was writing the very first Star Wars, I don't think he had any idea that there were going to be like 10, 11, 12 Star Wars films that are like this huge. And What, what number Star Wars movie is this? The 10th? I think, but Isn't if it? You, the Clone War—it it, it depends on the ones. That movies, you, yeah. though, well, not like canon, but like theatrical films. So this is the tenth one. Okay, so then this is the tenth one. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a lot of movies. That is a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention the the Clone War series, the Rebels series, and the movie. They made a whole movie of it. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. some. Yeah. It's TV stuff. There's still TV movies. Um, the, you know, dozens of comics, dozens of movies, dozens of books. It's like going hard in the canon right now. I love it. I love it too. It's awesome. What yeah. a great, what a great time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys. Anything more you want to say? Anything else? Uh, any characters you really like to talk about? I'm sure we. I'm glad we got Thandy in there. Because um, head over heels for Westworld much... right now, so yeah, me too. Uh, I, that's Paul Bettany. Did mention him? He's great. Paul Bettany was great. Yeah, that guy's a good actor. He's funny. Who? He's Which a little one? creepy. Uh, Paul Bettany. He played, uh, he played Dry- Dryden. Dryden. Oh yes. So wait, when when he would get angry, would his like little face streaks like turn red? I think he'd get a little bit more heated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like, like his his eyes his eyes would turn red too. Like, it's pretty know. creepy. I liked it. It's great. I love. He's a great actor. He goes from being so beautiful and so and nice, nice as Vision. Yeah, just to be so mean and creepy and scary in this one. Yeah, yeah. They and could I, have played and him and a I bit more. Yeah, I liked how he was also just kind of like a more evil version of of maybe even even Lando. Like you know, he they, they both liked their luxuries. They yeah, they were like, all about style. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah, kind of style fun. being very like because and it was interesting with with Paul Bettany's character because like even though he needed to be scary and be menacing, he also kind of needed to be friendly because people wouldn't want to do deals with him or do deals for him oh, if he no, was. Oh no, yeah, he was a if diplomat. He was just like this terrible. <laughs> Yeah, terrible, terrible guy. So and then we find out I think he did a really great job. Anyone, did you see his like creepy pointed thumb? That thing creeped me out. That was a little creepy. He had, like, <laughs> he had, like just like just like a one pointy ass thumb, and it was oh, so gross. <laughs> I couldn't Very look Star at it. Wars though. <laughs> Very Star Wars. And then his cool little his cool little red like dual. Um, what is it like? Almost, almost Prince oh, of Persia his, knives. Like, yeah, his <laughs> knives. <laughs> I loved the uh, glasses that they all drank from. That rosé from. Oh yeah. I mean, they're like balls on a, a round thing. It kind of reminded me of, of the Last Jedi when they go to that really, really nice planet, mm-hmm. and there's all those like rich people dressed up really gaudy. But even this way, they weren't as much as those people. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to see different types, different sides. Yeah. Not just their rebellion, but 
the rich people and the oh yeah you know those cool yeah the people profiting from the war the the mm-hmm. the dirt bags yeah so I think we've uh, reached every every topic and this was a pretty fun funny movie yeah I would like to see it again soon would recommend yeah definitely yeah definitely definitely go see it if you haven't seen it yet and I mean. I, I don't know. Alessandra put in the description that there's spoilers in this because I feel like we started that a bit too late. I mean, um, all yeah. of our podcasts are spoilers. I think, uh, they are. I know. Clear. It should really just be a disclaimer. Should be a disclaimer on our on our page. Uh, Warning. We can't talk about this without having spoilers in it. I know. True. Um, so let us know what you thought of Solo if you've mm-hmm. seen it or not. Um, in the comments below or on the comments section of iTunes, definitely leave us a, a like or a rate us, please, on... Can they, can they rate us on SoundCloud? No, only on iTunes? Yeah, but you can like oh. us on SoundCloud. Please rate and review yes. us on Apple Podcasts. It would really help because other people can find our podcast that way. Most definitely. And if you are not following us on Facebook, you can just search All by the Popcorn, and we'll, we'll that's where you can get all your notifications on when we send out new podcast to listen to uh, or we've on also got, twitter yes twitter i, I know i need to does i need to post a, a few job. more i'm a little behind um <laughs> our handle is at by the popcorn and we've also got a new instagram page that alessandra is running yeah um, which how is can fun. They find us how can they find us on there alessandra uh it is at all by the popcorn podcast nice and if you have any if you have point. any suggestions uh for movies or shows that you would like us to talk about in the future you can email us our emails are allbythepopcorn at gmail.com or allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com and um yeah I think that's it Paulo thanks for joining us thank you guys for having me this was lovely <laughs> thanks Paulo yeah really, thanks, really great guys. discussion thanks for listening everybody bye talk bye. to you guys later bye <laughs>